0: Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me for this installment of Witnessing to the Witnesses. This is Witnessing to the Witnesses, Part 13. We are working our way through the Jehovah's Witness organization, what they believe, what they teach. Yesterday, uh, we talked about how the JWs teach that It is only through them, only through their watchtower society, that one can have any divine guidance, any wisdom, any knowledge of God that comes only through the watchtower society. And this is a clear mark of a cult, of a theological cult. All cults do this. So we talked about that. And we also talked about how the JWs are separatists They separate from society. You will not find a Jehovah's Witness who votes, who um, holds public office. JWs will not salute the flag. Uh, They will not say the Pledge of Allegiance. And I hope I didn't make too many of you mad uh, yesterday when I said, honestly, I cannot even say the Pledge of Allegiance because my allegiance is not to the United States of America. Uh, you, know, you know, temporal uh, s- aspect. Uh, uh, yes, I will do what I can to to try to make this uh, country a better place in which to live, but ultimately make it um, a place that that glorifies God. Of course, we are we are on our way down, as I said a couple of programs ago. We are the United States of America is the Titanic. All we can do is just kind of rearrange the deck chairs a little bit. But um, ultimately, ultimately, as, as grateful as I am for the United States of America, and I am, um, ultimately my allegiance is not to the USA, it is to the King of Kings. My citizenship is not here, my citizenship is in heaven. The Jehovah's Witnesses will not serve in the military. I talked about how you know that would be a, a bit of a difficult thing for me because the possibility i suppose would be there that i would have to fight against um a, a brother in a in an army on the opposing side you know i might have to put my crosshairs on a on a on a christian and I, that would you know i don't i don't think that that would happen a lot i think that would be rare but has it happened it, yeah it in fact i i know it's happened in uh here in this own country, in the war between the states, by the way, not to, uh, okay, I want to chase a little rabbit here. By the way, did you know that we never had a civil war in the United States of America? Never had a civil war, because a civil war is defined by two opposing forces within the same country fighting for control of that country. And that's not what happened here. That, that's not, the, uni- the Confederate States of America seceded from the United States of America, the southern states seceded, they formed their own country. The Confederate States of America is its own country, its own constitution, its own money, its own judicial system, so it's its own country. Uh, And then the United States of America invaded the Confederate States of America. So technically, by the definition of the term, we did not have a civil war in this country. We had a war between the states, a better way to term that, but at any rate, that's I digress, uh, but I know that that happened here. I, I have no doubt that there were genuine regenerate Christians in the Confederate Army. There were genuine re- regenerate Christians in the Union Army, and they were shooting at each, at each other. And that's a uh, that's a that's a problem for me. I I, yeah, I couldn't do it. I, I could not. I could not, especially in something like that. I could not take the chance of. Shooting a brother, oh, that is just the thought of that is anathema to me. But um, anyway, so I hadn't worked through all that out yet. But hey, I have several in, so I'm never going to be in the service anyway. But I appreciate those who do serve, truly do. So anyway, so they they're separatists. Also, ended up talking about how they do not serve. They do not observe holidays. Uh, Jehovah's Witness will not celebrate a birthday. Will not celebrate. Thanksgiving, will not celebrate Christmas, Flag Day, Arbor Day, Groundhog Day, um, none of those things. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Jehovah's Witnesses don't do that. Never mind uh, Romans chapter 14. (laughs) Uh, Romans chapter 14, which says, one, one man regards one day above another, another man regards every day the same, each man must be convinced in his own mind. Uh, Romans 14, I I don't have that, I just have that memorized. I think it's verse 2, but verse 2 or 4, somewhere in there, early part of Romans chapter 14. So, um, I'm not sure what they do with that. I guess they just ignore it. But Romans 14 kind of covers everybody on that as far as how you view holidays. I have friends who are doctrinally sound and they celebrate Christmas. They look forward to Christmas. They do gifts, and they put up the tree and, and all of that stuff, and that's fine. That is great. As long as Christ is the focus, then that's that's great. And as long as Christ is really the focus, and he's not just kind of a token, wink, wink, yeah, nod, nod, okay, it's about Jesus, but let's get on to other things. But if, as long as Christ is truly your focus, that's great. Um, and I also have friends who are genuine Christians, doctrinally sound, and they don't celebrate Christmas they just they don't do it because they feel like it's become too commercialized and too distracting and even though people say it's about Jesus it's really not you know it's Jesus kind of an afterthought and so they choose not to celebrate christmas and you know what hey that's great that that's great that's fine with me too romans 14 covers us in that one man regards one day above another another man regards every day the same romans 14 covers us in that so um uh so whatever you want to do with Christmas or Thanksgiving or Groundhall Day or whatever, you know, hey, it's okay. Romans 14 covers you and, and you're all right. Kathy and I we're kind of somewhere in the middle. Um I, I bought Kathy, Kathy's favorite Christmas uh Television program is Charlie Brown Christmas. That was what I made like 50, 60 years ago or something. Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, the little Charlie Brown Christmas tree, the little spindly thing and one red ball on the end and it's bent over, you know. And that, well, I, I looked up on the internet. I actually bought Kathy a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It looks just like the one in the cartoon, this little spindly thing and comes with a little stand and a little blue blanket, Linus's blanket, and, you know, it's wrapped around the base of it. It's got this red ball hanging off the end the trends the trees bending over under the weight of this one little red ball and um and that's our christmas tree that's that kathy puts that up every year and so we don't make a big deal out of out of christmas um it's it's but but we're not against it either so you know we're somewhere in the middle so uh whatever you and your family want to do is fine but all that to say the Jehovah's Witnesses will not be joining you in that because they are complete separatists from society. And they also separate from society because they believe that every world system is connected to the devil. Every world system is connected to the devil. Um, Anything, basically anything apart from the Watchtower Society is connected to Old Scratch, is connected to, to Lucifer himself. Uh, but this is kind of problematic, is it not? We we've already talked about Romans 13 a few programs ago when I was talking about giving you my thoughts on the election. And by the time you're listening to this, someone Hillary or Donald has already won. I don't know yet as the time of this recording because I am um, I'm recording this November the 8th, and I'm getting a few programs ahead because I'm about to head to Brazil. So if you're listening to this, in all likelihood, I am in Brazil right now. And I would certainly covet your prayers for me as I'm in Brazil teaching at a seminary. Pray for uh, Kathy as well if you would uh, in my absence. So, anyway, so I'm in Brazil. But uh, we talked about Romans 13, 1 through 2. Paul says, every person is subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, except from God. Not except from Satan. Doesn't say that every authority is from Satan. Every authority is from God. It is established by God. Uh, Therefore, whoever resists authority, Paul says, has opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed will receive greater or will receive condemnation upon themselves. So I don't know what they do with Romans 13. That's a problem for them. First um, Peter chapter 2 as well. First Peter two thirteen through 15 says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, in the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. So, the Watchtower Society would have you believe that every worldly institution is from Satan. The Bible, though, says that the powers that be, the the, the governments are established by God. God establishes. He, he raises up kings and he brings them down. Uh, so the Watchtower Society comes from a very... um. Errant understanding of Second Corinthians chapter four verse four. This is where they they get their their separatism thinking that every institution is from is uh, created by Satan. They get it from Second Corinthians four four, in which Paul says, "In whom the God of this world uh, has blinded the eyes of them or the minds of them which believe not." And they say, "Oh, the God of this world is talking about Satan," and it is. And they say, "So anything with the world is satanic. Anything of the world is is of Satan." But that's a very errant misunderstanding. Uh, very errant understanding of Second Corinthians four four. The better way to render that verse really is, "In whom the God of this age." The word in the Greek there is the word aeon, which means age. And Paul was making a theological point. He was not making a legal point. Paul was not saying that literally every governing institution is led by Satan. In fact, that can't be what he was saying because that is in direct contradiction to what Paul himself said. Same writer who wrote Second Corinthians four four, Paul also wrote Romans 13 in which he's very clear about saying that every every governing every human institution is established by God. The governments are established by God. So that cannot possibly be what he meant in Second Corinthians 4 4. Paul was making a theological point, not a legal point. Paul was saying that this the God of this age, Satan is the God of this age and the world follows after him, uh because the world is so fallen, so depraved it follows after Satan uh, as if he were the God of this age, but not not the legal God of planet Earth. It's not saying that every government is from Satan, inspired by Satan, not at all. But that is what the Jehovah's Witnesses would have you believe. They think that every government is is from Satan, and that's why they separate themselves from it. That's why they won't hold office uh, or even vote. But uh, it's a very unfortunate uh, misunderstanding of Second Corinthians 4. 4, of course... Misunderstanding of Second Corinthians four four is really the least of their problems, but um, that's not what Paul is talking about. Uh, psalm twenty four verse one says, "The earth is the Lord's; the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein." And Paul quotes Psalm twenty four verse one in First Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty six. Paul quotes that psalm. So uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are just wrong. Their their separatism is based upon a faulty hermeneutic, faulty understanding of Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. The Bible teaches the opposite of what the Jehovah's Witnesses say about government and human institutions. It teaches the opposite, but that is why they are separatist. Okay? All right, next item, number three, or letter C, in their next belief. They are the only true church. They are the only true church. Now, that's related to the first point, but we're going to flesh this out a little bit more, a little bit different. They are the only true church. The Watchtower Society claims that God only works through it, and all other churches are false. All other churches are false, false. Let me quote to you out of their, uh, out of the Watchtower Society. This was penned by Charles Taze Russell. He says this quote: "We belong to no capital N capital O. We belong to no earthly organization. We adhere only to that heavenly organization whose names are written in heaven. All the saints now living or that have lived during this age belong to our church organization. Such are all one capital O N E one church, and there is no other recognized by the Lord." end quote. This is from uh, Zion's Watchtower in the Herald of Christ's Presence dated 1884. So they are very adamant that they are the only true church. They are the only true church and the true meaning of the Bible comes only through it. Alright, so uh, also uh, they do not believe in blood transfusions the next doctrinal little doctrinal distinctive of the Watchtower Society, no blood transfusions, no blood transfusions. They use passages such as Acts chapter 15, 28 through 29. Acts 15, 28 through 29. Uh, Let me read that to you. Acts 15, 28 through 29 says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Now, let's pause there. That's an awkward passage for the JWs and I suppose we'll get to that later but um... they do not believe in the personhood of the holy spirit but paul says for it seemed good to the holy spirit you, uh, you can't... Uh, uh, f- an inanimate force uh... like electricity or whatever you can't... electricity doesn't perceive anything nothing seems good to electricity or gravity because it's an inanimate force the holy spirit is not inanimate he is a person for it seemed good to the holy spirit that's an awkward passage for them, but it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. End quote. So that's the passage. That's the passage they use to reject blood transfusions. It's interesting how they will take one part of this passage, how it says you are to abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood, they'll key in on that, but they completely miss the first part of the verse. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, uh, they they just miss that. Now, what is this passage saying? This cannot possibly be a prohibition against blood transfusions. Why can it not possibly be a trans a uh, prohibition against blood transfusions? Because well, blood transfusions did not exist in biblical times. They, they didn't exist. So Paul cannot possibly have been writing and saying, all right, guys, I don't want you to have any blood transfusions. If he had said that, they would have like, well, what? Any what? What are you talking about? The, blood transfusions didn't exist back then, so that can't be what is in view. And It's kind of like dynamite, the word dunamis in Greek. Have you ever heard a preacher say uh, the, the Greek word for, for uh power is dunamis, uh, the power of God, dunamis. Same word we get uh, for the, the word dynamite, dunamis, dynamite. And you know what? Technically that is correct. Our word dynamite is derived from the Greek word dunamis. But when you hear a preacher make a point out of that, that that's, you know, so the power of God is like dynamite. Well, No, it's not. That's not the right meaning. It's not the right interpretation. And it can't be because dynamite did not exist 2,000 years ago. Dynamite had not been invented. So if you come up with a meaning that would not have made sense to the original recipients, then you've come to the wrong meaning. That's one of the fundamental uh, principles of biblical hermeneutics. Whatever meaning to which you come of a particular passage, that meaning has it would have to have made sense to the original recipients of that letter. Uh, Because that letter was not written to us originally. It was written to other people. And so if you've come at some meaning that would have made no sense to the people to whom it was originally written, then you've got the wrong meaning. And so you can't say, well, the Greek word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite, so the power of God is like dynamite. No, because that wouldn't have made sense to anybody reading Paul's letters would have made anybody when Roman someone reading Romans one sixteen, for I am not ashamed of the power of for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is a power of God and the salvation. Do they would have not thought. Oh hey, hey Paul's talking about the power of God's like dynamite. No, it wouldn't have made sense to him. So that's the wrong it's the wrong interpretation. It's the wrong meaning. So kind of the same thing here. There were no blood transfusions, so Paul could not possibly have been writing. To uh, prohibit his readers from taking blood transfusions. Two, also consider this the context of Acts 15 makes the intent very clear. Uh, The intent of Paul in Acts chapter 15 is that we are not to partake of things, in this case meat, that have been sacrificed to idols. And that's what was going on. Some of the meat that people were eating had already been sacrificed to idols as part of pagan worship. And Paul is saying, don't do that. It's not that the meat itself has been changed in any way, but it's associated with pagan idols, pagan gods, and Paul just does not want anything, any doesn't want to give anyone any room to accuse Christians of participating in pagan worship. And so to clear up any confusion, Paul says, uh, don't do it. If it's been sacrificed to idols, don't do it. Just find, Go down to... McDonald's down the street that hasn't been sacrificing their meat to idols and, you know, eat that meat, so to speak. Um, And also, it's interesting when Paul here says that we are to abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled. Well, there's a reason he says that, because sometimes uh, in this day and age when they took an animal that was going to be sacrificed to a pagan idol— Rather than slitting the animal's throat, sometimes they would strangle the animal. They would just like wrap a rope around its neck and, neck and tighten it, strangle the animal so that more of the blood would stay in the animal, and then they would sacrifice it to an idol. So rather than cutting the animal's throat, losing a lot of its blood, they would just strangle it so that the blood would stay in the animal until they were ready later to release it in whatever ritual they were doing. So that's why it says abstain from things strangled because if something was strangled then that means it was being sacrificed to an idol and Paul says stay away from that so the context is quite clear and uh so this is not a prohibition against blood transfusions i saw the same kind of thing in india a few months ago when i was there with mike miller we would see these pagan hindu statues and believe it or not you know we think of sacrificing meat to pagan idols that's something that you know way back in the past doesn't happen anymore but actually it's it's still happening it's the hindus still do it we saw all these freakish pagan statues of pagan gods like half man half monkey gods half man half elephant gods these freakish hideous looking things and some of them were put up on Podiums, And there were actually steps leading up to them. They were on a platform, raised up off the ground. You walk up the step to the, to this uh, Hindu pagan god. And people would walk up there and actually put food down at the base of the statue for the god to eat. You know, and I, it's just amazing. You would see people doing this. You would see people praying to these stupid statues. So, uh, believe it or not, that kind of thing that was going on 2,000 years ago... Um, In pagan religions, it's still going on today, still being done in Hinduism and some other religions as well. So that is the point. All right, dear friends, we are out of time. We will continue our discussion into the Jehovah's Witnesses. Tomorrow, Lord willing, we will talk about the Trinity, how they reject the Trinity. That will be our next program. And until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.